Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Bloody Brilliant Podcast. As always, it is my say. I'm joined with Emma, getting it perfectly. So I'm a pro. I mean, I don't know. The camera's bending. Can you see that? Like, I'm pointing that way. There you go. There you go. It's Emma. There she is. Hi. We are here for your spooky times. It's, it's, it's getting close to Halloween now recording it is the 27th and will be the week of halloween most likely so unless you're listening but there you go so how are you doing i am okay it is (laughs) i I, I was like "Mm, how am i in this universe in this time period who knows um i i i am i am okay um it is my strongest month. I'm most powerful in the month of October. Um, that's just, you know, I was I should have been born in October to be completely honest with you, but no, January wanted me first. Um, I, I I love this time of year, but I just I haven't managed to do anything spooky yet. But I know that you have been doing spooky stuff this month already. Yes, I know. Obviously, um, we were both supposed to be going to the, for the love of horror um, convention, but unfortunately, Tony Todd pulled out for the seventeenth time and was no longer able to come. Um, so you deferred to next year. Um, whereas I still went and I got to meet Skeet and Matthew Lillard. Well, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. I mean, it's not Skeet Lillard. Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard from Scream, obviously Stu and Billy. And I also met Andy Barkley. Uh, well, nice. I met Alex Vincent, who plays Andy Barkley in the Child's Play films. And I also met David Sheridan, famed for Doofy from Scary Movie. And I also met John Abrams, who also is in Scary Movie, because I've already met Lachlan Monroe from Scary Movie. So I thought I'll meet, I'll meet the other two, and then I've got the trio there as well. So, yeah. John Abrams, remind me. I know who he is in Scary Movie, but is he also the one that's in uh, House of Wax? Yes. Right. Okay. We watched that the other night, and I didn't even click. And then I saw the pictures from Phil of Horror, and I was like, I know who that is. I recognise that also, man. For the non-spooky listeners, I don't know why you're listening, but just in case, <laughs> meet the parents. He's also Robert De Niro's son in Meet the Parents, the one that's. Oh, is he? I've not seen those films in... I remember they used to always be on, like, E4 constantly. Like, all of those, like, Meet the Parents. Especially, like, Meet the Fockers. That was, like, always on there. Just randomly the second one, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Just, I mean, it could possibly be because it had such, like, big actors in it. Obviously, you had had, um, Barbara Streisand in it. Obviously, De Niro. And... um, Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. I was going to say, I was like, who was the other person? Dustin Hoffman. And obviously Ben Stiller. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about no. standard cinema. We're here to talk about no. horror cinema. Yes. Um, and more specifically, this episode will be dedicated to the 1983 slasher, camp slasher, shall we say. And I think that is that kind of a subgenre itself, camp slashers? possibly it is sleep away camp so sleep away camp was released in 1983 directed by robert hiltzik 
and it is like I said carrying on from the trend that was from the 1980 Friday the 13th movie and decided to have the whole like ooh, promiscuous, te- promiscuous teens at camp and a killer going around just killing them all if you have sex or smoke or do something naughty so yeah so from this point onwards this is our spoiler warning if you have not seen the movie there will be spoilers and you can always pause it right at this moment now go and pause it and you can join us right now here you go because we're going to talk about sleepaway camp so we went into this film none of us have actually seen it before obviously in the last episode when i announced it you were saying that you you don't know anything about it so the film was one of those that was always on the list of biggest like twist endings or crazy endings yeah i was gonna say so i think so i did know something about it i knew the ending which i think is the worst thing to have known about the whole the whole film Mm -hmm. and i think that i think we mentioned it in the last one but it'd come up in um the in search for darkness um, I think it was the first one, could have possibly been the second one, documentary. Um, and, th- and that's essentially where I had seen it. Um, so I already kind of had like an idea going into it, but um, it, I was very pleasantly surprised about how much I enjoyed it, even though I knew what was going to happen. Which you, you obviously, if you know what you're going to go into, you kind of get uh, taken out of it a little bit. But I, I almost was like, it was like yeah. watching it, like I didn't know what was going to happen essentially. Yeah, because obviously I went in knowing the ending because, like I said, it's one of those ones that always goes into those lists of, like, biggest twist endings or best endings ever. So, obviously, I knew what was going to happen at the end. And like I said, I think it was on In Search of Darkness as well, so that refreshed the memory. But um, I was just looking for little clues throughout the film just to see, obviously, what kind of clues that they left out there to obviously go towards this ending. So, like, I'm pretty sure, like, we'll start at the beginning obviously um like after the accident happens we will go back don't worry i'm just not skipping that accident um it definitely looked like a boy that survived and then it just like obviously just like obviously it had short hair but But did it so so what i was gonna say is did it frame the scene so you wouldn't it you wouldn't know and just because we already know the ending we were easily to to like identify that that, yeah, is, a, like, that is a tra- that short that is a tra- hair obviously but you're thinking well maybe it was a girl then because obviously that's why because it just makes you forget like obviously you remember seeing someone survive then it says all oh, the girls survived and you're like oh okay fair enough because you're not thinking about it but if you look back at it he's definitely got short hair <laughs> yeah okay yeah <laughs> I think because like well... I was looking at it going seeing how they were going to do it because I knew it was kind of like a obviously the ending bit which we'll talk about later but i yeah. i knew about that ending like before obviously the reveal happens so i was kind of seeing how they would picture it, whether it would just be not shown or yeah well th- th- yeah this is the thing because i didn't understand i didn't know how we got to that point of the ending anyway i, th- I think the way that it was framed was was pretty was pretty good i think especially because we we're looking you have to think as well and i'm going to mention this now as well we have to think about the age of these these children in this film i think i know how you were saying it's like promiscuous teenagers but these children are pretty much teenagers like very young teenagers especially in the beginning um Mm -hmm. that um 
think I think I sometimes forgot at how that it we had like an eight year distance. It felt like more because of just the diff the, the absolute like obviously we went from having these two small children right at the beginning of the film to having like formed adults essentially well not formed adults but people yeah. going on their way to formed adults but um i think that was something as well that kind of like it it, it re reinvented the genre a little bit like you were saying about how it's a it's a camp centric um horror like like friday the 13th i think it, this time though we're focusing on the the more of, of the actual part like the camp goers rather than the 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 counselors which is obviously something that gets done to death as as well in the yeah. subsequent sequels of Sleepaway Camp as well, apparently, from what I've heard. Yeah, because um, obviously there is more. However, this one is Felissa Rose, who is in Sleepaway Camp, playing the role of uh, Angela. And then they've got three other sequels, and she does reprise her role in the fourth one or fifth one. I, can't I think it's the fourth it one. Yeah, because there was like Sleepaway Camp, Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Waste, Wasteland, and then the 2008 revival, Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is the one with, with Felissa Rose reprising the role. Um, so, yeah, I was just actually looking at Felissa Rose. Do you know how old she was when she did this film? 13. Like 13, 14, yeah. Like... Whereas, like, a lot of the supporting actors were, especially... Um, the character of Ricky, her cousin. I'm pretty sure the actor was like 17 at the time. You can't tell mm. though; like they they look so similar in age. I don't know if that's yeah. maybe that she's a bit more ma mature looking for her age, or he might just be a youthful boy at this time. Um, but I was just about to say about Felicia Rose. She was at Full of a Horror as well this year, was she not? Yes, yeah, she was. Obviously, I, I I may have gone to meet her if if obviously I saw the film first. But yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> I said it was quite quite a crazy time time to open saturday was mental for the love of horror like mm. it the oversold tickets like it was it was manic and there was queues for the bar for over an hour and about for food as well matt, matt and skeet's queues wouldn't stop but it literally you couldn't get anywhere to autograph the the pictures mm. were like crazy because there was a queues going all across the actual and they didn't know where the end was, so they didn't know where to queue. And then people were told to queue there, there, there. And then obviously it just got a bit crazy. So Saturday was a bit crazy. And then Sunday, Mercedes wanted to obviously get the autographs for Matthew and Skeet. So as soon as we arrived there at 9am, she queued for Matt. And then she queued for Skeet. She managed to get both the autographs and meet them both, obviously, because she got the ghost face double on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So she was doing all of that. And I was just going around with my friend Taryn, obviously, just checking out everything else and doing all the pictures and stuff but yeah it was one of those things i i, I can't remember seeing her in anything else that i that but she's done loads of stuff apparently mm. but, but yeah it was one of those unfortunately like maybe now i probably would have met her like maybe she'll be there next year i'll go say hello i even <laughs> thought about maybe i should get a quick like hello and then i can post it about this episode so yeah i met her there you go and then but all <laughs> for the pod all for the pod yeah <laughs> i think um we'd only booked for the sunday at the time and mm -hmm. um because we experienced it from 2019 obviously before covid and that like you say the saturday then was mental um so i i just i knew that the saturday was going to be 
a bit cray cray. Sunday was great. Well, uh, well, I feel I feel like a lot of people come for the Saturday and then they end up going to the after party and probably don't quite either don't come to the Sunday or they're a bit yeah. hungover on the Sunday. Yeah. But yeah, so let, let's start with the boat. The boat. Like, I mean, it kind of sets up the the whole film of these like campers or campers or whoever they are, just basically. Which kind of gives you a reason of why the killer wants to kill these people. Like, obviously, they killed a family and stuff, and at least you, you've kind of got that motive if you, if you deep dive into it. It was kind of like, I want to go to camp to kill the people they are responsible, basically, for this, killing my yeah, family. It's the... Um... The first thing is, I was kind of watching it, and I was, I was. The first thing that came into my head was, man, that that dad taking two small children out on a very small raft, obviously had a, a lot more like confidence in himself than I would have had in myself, because you wouldn't catch me dead taking two kids out on a lake with only just like that tiny little like just, like boogie board they were on. Mm. Um, but I think as well as that, like you say, it, it does it, it starts off from the bat on that that connection with the camp, um, which I which I think is good because otherwise, if you just end up coming in and uh, you know um, Angela, the the main character, is just going straight to camp, it would kind of feel a little bit disjointed. But uh, it's, it yeah. sets the, the tone straight away. I it was um, a thing on here as well, which. Um... I don't think I remember seeing a lot of in these 80s horror films. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really pick it up at the start until later on. But if you look on Wikipedia, it says, obviously, in 1975, John Baker and his partner, Lenny, take John's children. So, obviously, this is a gay couple, like two men yeah. taking the children out. And I don't remember seeing a lot of like gay couples or mainly gay characters in the 80s in horror films. Yeah, so... so- I was. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did some. I did some additional research on this one, um, just because I knew that there was other stuff to come out of it. Um, I I watched, um, a, you know, the Dead Me um, kill count for this um, uh, on YouTube, um, but also um, there was like a mention in that um, that there's another podcast that covered this called um, Why Why Was This Made, and apparently there's something along the lines of it is. His like the, the the gentleman is supposed to also be the wife, but I don't understand how that is. I don't know if it was the role was originally written to be a wife, and then they just ended up casting it as a a heterosexual a uh, uh, homosexual couple. But I'm not too sure. Um, but yeah, it was very, I, I I didn't really think much about it, but I think that's maybe a, a you know a positive of um, our day and age that we've kind of grown up with these things a bit more. You were used yeah. to seeing these partnerships because obviously. It alluded later on when there was these weird, weird like flashback bits where the kids were seeing them both in the bed together. The, this mm-hmm. obviously, um, the dad John and the partner Lenny, and they were like giggling and stuff. And then obviously they were sat opposite each other, and the camera was kind of turning, which obviously kind of symbolises what was later to come as well, kind of thing. But um, that's obviously when she's she's on the beach with um, I can't remember Paul. his name now. With Paul, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, yeah. So everything happens at the beginning, and then can we just talk about this character, this eccentric ant? Because there's <laughs> some of the weirdest I... stuff going on right there. Yeah. Um. 
so so yeah so after um angela's family is is horrifically mown down by a group of teenagers in a in a powerboat um we meet her again eight years later where she is li now living with her cousin uh, ricky and her her auntie um who she she <laughs> Her outfit was crazy. Like I loved it. It was like you can see that these are very like well-to-do high society. Um, you know, she's 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 landed in a nice part of you know. I feel like a lot of these stories where they end up going living with like extended family, something to a oh they've been abused like physically and things like that, and it, it's maybe a bit of a rough kind of area, and they're only doing it to get you know the 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 payouts of taking on like a, a an adoptive child or whatever but in this one she genuinely looks like she's being looked after really nicely in this uh situation and um she's getting prepared to go off to the camp and she was she was a she i just loved it it was the kind of like the two there was like two people talking in this one woman because she was saying all these words and then she was like hmm yes that won't do not at all and i was just like i don't get it <laughs> i don't know why but i like i liked it i thought it was going to be something like because again I, kn I knew the ending so i was thinking well maybe ricky's not real and it was angela two sides of her so i was thinking that was kind of like because at, at first you like the aunt was only looking at ricky and not at angela so i was like is this kind of like it's like kind of like fight club um to a degree like kind of having that weird kind of thing there where well obviously i'm not going to spoil anything in fight club for people that haven't watched <laughs> it but you know it's been out for 25 years so i'm not sure why you haven't watched it um but yeah so i thought maybe something was going on there but then she obviously did talk to us all so i was kind of like oh fair enough because that was an early thought well maybe this character is a figment of the imagination and it kind of just it's both personalities in physical form but obviously that's just me going too complex into the story and she is just batshit crazy the amp but anyway. so uh, from what i from what i understand as well is that um uh, the director this was like one of the only like films this director did except from the the fourth one where they re where it returns um but they were yeah. like a an um an art student not a art student but like a film student at the time maybe it was an experiment experiment piece of this whole let, let's have this yeah. kind of like eccentric character but also like you say i think maybe again we're looking at it with a more modern view of thinking oh well the, maybe ricky doesn't exist and now it's like a you know the it's all a figment of her imagination because i feel like we do see a lot of that in like more modern cinema um not just horror but in like other things as well um but i think uh, yeah you it, it keeps yeah. you guessing the whole time of like trying to understand what's going on i think once you get to the camp i definitely enjoyed it a lot more when it was relative to the camp the sort of beginning was a little bit like sl slow for me even though it was very short <laughs> yeah like you're just waiting for the blood to happen i mean we are in a horror film there. we want to see some blood we want to see some <laughs> we want to see some kills but um obviously they arrive at the camp and she's a bit introverted a bit quiet doesn't really want to speak so i was thinking again let, let's kind of go a bit crazy off the top of maybe she's not going to talk for the whole film because when she talks she's going to speak like this are you all right having a good time so it's kind of like well maybe that's why she isn't speaking but then obviously she did speak so i was like never mind because i was thinking well, maybe that was kind of like a big reveal later like she'll speak and she'll have a manly voice or something like that but uh obviously that didn't happen 
Um, but yeah, the, you meet all the other characters. So, like I said, you meet. I forgot his name again. You meet Paul and Meg and all the other characters. Do you love Meg? I hated her so much. I hated so. Uh, the the characters of Meg and Judy hated them so mad. I hated them so madly. Um, I think purely because I feel like to an extent, especially if you were if you were a quieter child, you've experienced people like the Megs and the Judys and the Billies and just everyone that has the, a negative interaction with Angela. You've you've met them at some point in your life, so I feel like I kind of just resonated with that of. I hate these people. But do you know who I hated the most? I hated the cook. No, I hated oh, the Jesus. cook. What a dirty that a man. Weird, that was a weird kind of death, though, weren't it? Just step off the but chair. But did he mate. die? Did just he step die? Off the chair. Because we didn't see him die. No, but just step off but the we'll chair. Get... You're on a small chair. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> true. I mean, why was the pot so giant? How do you empty said pot? It was the size of him. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, you, you think of that, how big that pot is, and see what you've done with a small bowl of soup. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to... For context, <laughs> I uh, I burnt my hand. Um, and it, 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 if people don't like, you know, medical scars like that, I burnt my hand on soup. Um, so when I watched this, I can't remember if I had burnt my hand by this point or not. But I feel like it resonated very closely to me that I was like, I feel that pain. <laughs> to be fair, my my burns were not on the face, and I could not the the fact that I the the shock and the the full body like pain and crying that I experienced just from the shock of having my hand burn, I can't imagine what the the shock of having it like all over your face and your arms. Um, Again, I feel like we've kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but we first meet this cook um, when all the kids are arriving, and um, he has some choice words for the for whilst he's talking to the other cooks and everything, who are very complicit. Don't agree with that, um, but they um, they were talking about how um, it's kind of like fresh meat, um, and he's just generally creepy and disgusting. And as you can imagine, for these you know this character, the kind of like they're trying to create here of just I've even I've even just literally got like my first note is literally just like F the cook can't stand him because he's just he deserved what he got and I was glad he was the first one that got 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 he got got he got um, got he got got um but yeah do you know what as well this film kind of reminded me that I'm so glad that I that it's not a culture thing here to send your kids away for a whole summer at a camp I think my parents ever did that to me. Oh my god, I'd be chaining myself to 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 the front door or something before they even got me on the bus because I would not be going to that. Couldn't think of anything worse. Physical exercise for a full summer, socialising with strangers. No, no, thank you. Doesn't sound like my kind of thing. Because <laughs> it was just like. <laughs> I'm only going to mention it briefly because it's not like a massive part of it, but it was just like they were designated to do certain things at certain times and they were playing volleyball and it's just like, oh, why did she get to sit there when we have to play volleyball? Come on, let's quickly play this game and finish so we can go. Who's keeping score? Just go. If you don't want to play, just leave. Yeah. Just, it, it, <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah, that's the thing. I guess I, I feel like the, the time allocation thing is so you can 
keep to a schedule for like lunch and dinner, but also so that the counselors can keep an eye on where the people are. But even like, um, I think we went to different high schools, didn't we? I went yeah. to Highfield, um, but um, my high school did a thing years ago where we would take you away to the Lake District for like a, a few a few nights. And even then, I don't remember the ca- the counsellors that came with us then. You know, people who essentially are used to go to our school had now left school and came back to to chaperone. I don't think I ever saw any of them. I don't think I ever had anything to do with anyone. <laughs> I did things on supervised. I'm joking. I didn't. Um, but when I wasn't doing the activities, we were just allowed to do whatever we wanted around the campsite. And again, there was just no one that really cared what you were doing, as long as you weren't... Yeah hurting yourself or someone else so yeah it's a concept i'm glad that we don't have here in britain very glad of that yeah okay so the cook your favorite scene like go check something in the cupboard yes she so angela had refused to eat in anything for three days she also hadn't spoken for three days um and the head counselor, I believe he's the head counselor, Ronnie, that comes up. The most. He's the character Adonis... I don't like. Jesus. What? I loved him. <laughs> I'll get to the line in a minute, but obviously, carry on. <laughs> so the, this, so this guy, he, this absolute Adonis of a man, like not my type of person, but I can imagine people would be like, this man literally looks like he enters in like body, like. Mo- like modeling competitions and whatever don't know why he's at a kids camp because he obviously looks like he's a, a personal trainer in his spare time he comes in oh, with like someone else sorry yeah he comes in with like the he comes in with the tiniest little hot sh- hot pants shorts and this like vest and it's just like he's like this he's looking after angela and i was like oh he's just a himbo it's fine and then he like takes her away to go and see if she can find something to eat in the in the kitchen. But unfortunately, he leaves her in the despicably grimy hands of the cook. Ugh. Disgusting. Yeah, and obviously he's like, Oh, I have something for you to eat. Um and then obviously is about to go and try and rape her, but luckily is is saved by by Ricky who manages to get him out there um, to get um oh my god angela out there jesus christ bad renamed at the minute it's just literally all just going in i wrote them all down (laughs) yeah um so yeah they they managed to escape the cook but now the the guy i was talking about is the owner of it all he's just there with a cigar and he's just like obviously after the i mean We'll talk about the possible death scene. It's in first person, obviously, just to show you that it's not. Uh, just to kind of give you the um, perspective, similar to like Psycho and the other slashing movies where you get to watch the kills happen. But then you like see the little hands and it was like, it's the weirdest scene ever because it's like, it's a small chair, not that big. Just jump off. You're a fully grown adult. I don't understand, like, why you're holding on to the side going, <laughs> but never mind. It, it was a weird one, that that possible death scene. And it was just, yeah. But then 
this massive party there putting the salt in and then it just falls on him and then like i said the um just cutting away and going back to him obviously special effects and stuff which we'll talk about later with special effects um is that coming away going coming away going and obviously his blisters are just coming you can see one pop on his face it's great and he's just like going um yeah and then he get he gets taken away and then we meet the owner basically and he's just like no it was an accident he fell yeah i forget what, like, I... don't tell anyone yeah <laughs> i forget what he's called the, the owner but he's he's very much like a um I, I don't know again this is kind of like catering to our uk british like audience but if you've ever seen like a carry-on film and like sid james in the carry-on films he's very much that kind of like wheeler dealer like you say cigar smoking gold chain wearing business kind of guy in these types of films and um he <laughs> was very he's just had one of those very emotive faces and he just does a lot of shouting and a lot of covering up he does a lot of shouting, a lot of covering up, as he do, yeah. as these business people do when something stuff. He's like, it, it, again, it's this kind of trope of like this, um, this like official wanting to keep whatever it is open, similar to the, the mayor in, in Jaws. It's all a monetary value of these these people's lives and injuries don't really mean anything as long as the money keeps coming in. And that the world revolves around money, obviously. Who cares right. about people dying? Um, but yeah, they, they cover that up and basically pay the uh, the other cooks and stuff to cover it up and give them like an extra ten fifteen dollars an hour. How much money? Is that? Jesus Christ! Probably an nothing. Fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah. It's just mental. You're getting like twenty. I mean, surely they're on like ten ten dollars, twenty five dollars, thirty dollars an hour. What a life! What a life. Um, I'm looking through Wikipedia just to remind myself of certain bits that happen in the film. And there is nothing here at all about that baseball scene. But that was about 10, what? 15 minutes of the film. <laughs> it had two fadeaways. It had like two fadeaways <laughs> to show how much time had passed. It's like, what was that scene? I loved that scene because, one, the fashion outfits. Like the fashion was just... Who plays baseball? Top all the way up there. Yeah, who <laughs> plays baseball? It's not. It's not even the cropped tops because you know what? What a great fashion choice of the eighties, men in cropped tops. But it was the thing. Look, one kid um, who ends up being in like a, a fairly prominent person in this group. He had like fitting Balego jean pants on, and I was like, they must be so uncomfortable to run around a, a baseball match in. But it had like the best line from the whole thin film in it which is when uh he tells him to eat shit and die so uh rick eat Ricky shit tells and live eat shit and live bill <laughs> what a sick line what a, this kid is smarmy enough for his own age I, he i thought ricky was a great character he he was such a he, he looked after his cousin he did he did you know he, he was looking out for uh he, he he was looking out for his his friends and he, he was just a bit of a joker Bit of a bit of a joke, as our Ricky. But obviously, we find out later Ricky didn't know about anything at all, did he? About because I was gonna say it's like your mate's hooking up with her. Like surely, if you knew, you would kind of be like, "Don't do it." Well, maybe not. But... It depends how he's been raised in that situation. But if she has been living with him for eight years, yeah. 
She was probably only little when she started to come live with him anyway. Anyway, besides the point on that one, um, the baseball scene, it didn't do much for exhibition, like, uh, like exposition of moving characters along, except from the fact that it kind of cemented the rivalry between the older boys and Ricky's um, bunkmates, um, which include obviously Paul um, and a couple of other characters. One of them's that Mozart kid. I think they called him Mozart, but he's like, yeah. he's like the geeky one of their like group. Um, also, the one the, that their accidentally camp- did a sit up into another that guy's bottom. Yep, into the into <laughs> into someone else's bottom. Um, you know, I I you know what what young men get up to on camps. I don't know, but um, that's uh, yeah. I would never. Surely you would think. Why would you think that was something that was going to end well? I would, if anyone, especially at that age, if anyone said to me, "Do you want to see a magic trick?" I'd be like, "No," because I know it's either going to make me a fool or hurt me. So mind over matter, <laughs> mind over matter, yes, mind over matter indeed. Um, but yeah, like I said, it kind of it's kind of introduces us to the uh the the horrible character, well not horrible, bully character of Billy, the lead of the um the older boys, um and also a couple of other si- like side characters. I I didn't quite catch the names, um, but they're two boys that start talking to Angela as as a bet. At the uh, the social shortly after as well. Hmm. Kenny and Mike, I believe. There you go. See, I'm prepared sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, but obviously that's when um, Paul obviously kind of comes to Angela's aid and fact, like at the dance and starts speaking to her and being friendly, and we finally get to hear a voice saying good night and it turns out she can speak and then i was kind of like well there goes my extra theory so, <laughs> never mind. Um, but then like i said they develop a little bit of a of a um, relationship but then we come to our next death and to think like usually with these type of films you usually see like a lot of blood and gore you don't really see a lot in this film like it's very similar to something like Psycho, where it's all insinuated. You don't actually see any knife penetration or any of the actual deaths happen. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's happening. And then you just see the actor. <laughs> yes. I think I think it, it, this this film kind of falls into that, that, that uh, time in, especially 80s horror, everything with special effects was like, they were trying to break new boundaries on how they did things. And I think especially that next ke- uh, death, I think that one's Kenny, is that right? Um, yeah, yeah, Kenny in the boat. In the ca- kayak, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that like casting with all the like gnarly like face injuries where obviously like all the fish and everything have been eating at him overnight and that the solitary, water like, snake the snake that comes out i was like i like that that's uh, because they kept making jokes see, see any water snakes <laughs> yeah that whole scene where he's like talking to himself under the boat even though he knows she sw- swam away i was a bit like why is he talking to himself <laughs> he's just like shouting after her as if she's gonna get spooked she's already at shore mate she's already back at her cabin with a hot coke. You can hear everybody she's... laughing, going, hey, "Yeah, good one." Yeah, basically. Come on, mate, let's go. Let's go. Um, but yeah, um, whilst uh, Kenny is chilling out in the overturned kayak, he, he is uh, met with an 
a faceless person we only see the back of their head um to which they drown him um not a nice way to go um especially not when your body's found the next day with a, with a, a tiny little water snake in it no thank you snake. it's a snicker snake um <laughs> it kind of leads us on to this thing of um one of the continuity pieces that i thought was quite hilarious um, we first meet the the cop um, at this point, um, who starts investigating um, the the the, ac the accidental death of Kenny, um, where he's got this very nice um, like Magnum PI um, mustache, very Tom Selleck kind of mustache. Where does that go when he's next in the in the thing? Because Same he wears a can't shave. But then they put a fake mustache on him for the rest of the <laughs> film that's like what you get from a pound shop <laughs> could it they could could they not have just done his scenes and then he was like do you know what now now i'll shave now i'll shave but why no. do you have to have a mustache anyway well this, that, this you just thing... say he shaved just have a scene of him shaving it that's all you have to do he's just there and he gets the call he could be shaving while he gets the call problem solved Dumb. Well, yeah, true. Actually, yeah. See, look, there's a, re <laughs> there's a reason why you've gone through, uh, you know, you've gone through courses and things like that to write this sort of stuff. <laughs> You're writing the true things that matter. Continuity scenes. <laughs> exactly. Drop my notes. Um, but yeah, I mean, arguably, I'm going to say this one. I'm going to go for the third best death scene. I mean, I'm not going to rank rank them as such, but two of them are amazing. Um. But this one, so Billy and Mike, obviously, they throw water balloons at her on the roof. I mean, that's a dangerous thing to do, throwing water balloons at each other. And then you could slip and fall, break your neck. But there you go. Fair enough. But then they throw one at Angela and she's kind of scared, you know. She, I mean, she, she doesn't like water, does she? Um, And then Billy's going all crazy. Not Billy. Um, What's he called? Ricky. Ricky's going absolutely mental, saying he's going to kill him and stuff. I mean, he's got big cojones. You got, you got to go for that. The guy's twice his size. So I'm going to knock you out. He's um, already got into a fist fight with him once at the social. Yeah. So you know, he's he's very very protective. Also, I forgot to mention that social in that giant cowboy hat. Is he just styling and profiling the, for the for the social? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> but yeah, like you say, he has got big cojones. Yeah. Billy goes for a poopy in the toilet. <laughs> and then he uh, puts a, um, like a little dick or broom in between the doors so they can't get out. And then the killer decides to drop a beehive in the stall. Yeah, so... It was very, again, it was very, like, left field. I was just like, what on earth? Why? Because either... <laughs> Surely either someone we've can had... see this from outside. It's that. <laughs> but also for the fact that, like, I feel like we could have had some sort of scene of, like, is he allergic to bees? Why were the bees attacking him in such a way? Like, why did they all just decide to attack his head? I don't well, understand. How can it's, it... it's their home, and obviously it's been fingered, and they drop it, so it smashes. So obviously they all come up into the the stall, and he's just there, like probably batting them away, so they start fighting back. But because it's their home and the queen, they're there protecting the queen. Aren't they? So... True, 
True. I just felt like I was like, I feel like it was a much more gnarly death than what you would expect for bee stings. Unless he had a prior condition, which means that he can't survive bee stings, which would, again would have made more sense. But we're asking for continuity here, which we didn't, we don't get your context and continuity, which I don't think was really needed at the time. But I'm just kind of looking back on it and I was like, hmm. I've, yeah, loads of bees. Why? I mean, they're all, they're all very creative kills. I mean, exactly. you, you've got to give the yeah. film that. They're not just standard, like, say, Prom Night, which we previously reviewed from 1980, just going around with a with a, a knife or an axe and just chopping off heads and stabbing people. Yeah. But um, this one's a very creative kills in here, and I'm sure we'll get to our favourite one soon. Um. After that, Mel obviously finds the body and says, there's a killer. Mm. Yeah. Go on, what Mel. were you going to say? You I was going to say, like... I was going to say, um, uh, at, at this point, obviously, Mel's kind of not trying to accept the fact that there is a serial killer, but now he is at that point. Um, also, they find out there's only 25 kids left on the camp. There definitely looks like there's more 25 kids left on that camp. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of kids coming off of three buses. Like, at least three buses at the beginning, and now there's 25. Well, maybe some of them have been pulled home because of the death. The, fir the first couple But again, of probably two. not alluded to. But um, there was the whole thing. It was like, Ricky's kind of like, oh, I wish there was more people here because I want to play baseball. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I wish there was more people here so I could play baseball. But again, why haven't they been pulled? I don't if, know. if Angela's been bullied, Ricky's like, it... oh, he keeps getting bullied. I think we should go. But... I think as well, we don't have this understanding of how much time has passed. We understand that, you know, these camps tend to run for a couple of weeks at a time. We don't actually mm -hmm. know how long and how quickly these killings are happening. To us, it's happening in a space of like a couple of days. But in reality, time passage is not... We, we know, especially at the beginning, three days had gone past. So we're coming to... If this all happens in the first week, wow, you've not even had a chance to write home, have you? you they're not yeah. going to let him ring home, like, especially Mel and his money-grabbing ways. He's not going to let the kids all line up and ring home to tell mum and dad that they want to come home. Um, so the only other really way of getting out there is, is writing. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, like, like you said, they're... Um, they're just uh, lamenting that they have to have to put all the kids together in one big group um, and they play capture the flag with tassels attached to the, the shorts. Don't know what, don't know, don't know. <laughs> yeah, so capture the flag is usually a game. I've seen it quite a few times in a few of these these movies. So you have like blue and, re blue and white and basically you have to go get the other flag but i mean there's a bit before that which you're missing for once is i know we kind of spoke about it earlier was the whole the flashback sequence so we see Angela's yes. getting close to to paul and you start making out on the beach but then angela's just like like her plain face and then starts flashing back to when she was a kid and seeing her pair her her dad and his partner kissing in bed and then they're giggling about it and then her and um, her brother Peter uh, just there on the bed, just looking at each other randomly, and the camera's all twisty and turny, and just like, what is happening? Then all of a sudden she's like, no, get off, and then just leaves. So yeah, don't know what was going on there. Uh, especially if you haven't watched the film, you're like, what? All right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, then 
then we get to capture the flag. Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, because yeah. of Judy. Um, so they're going into the woods and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, I've got a way to capture the flag." So Ricky takes Angela to this plan, and then they accidentally stumble upon Judy's finally talking to uh, talking to Paul. Is it? It's Paul and Paul. Yeah. Yep. Talking to Paul and finally like kissing him, and then Angela sees it, and he's like, "No, sorry," basically, um, because he called a prude or something like that, um, because yeah. she wouldn't. Um, yeah. They, I think as well, like uh, we we forgot to mention that Judy had previously the summer before been Ricky, Ricky's like steady girlfriend during the the summer before, and now hmm. that she's she's gone through puberty over the last year, she's she hasn't got any time for for Ricky, but now she has her sights set on Paul, who obviously at the beginning had no interest in her. He was more interested in Angela, but as we can see by this time, is that you know the te- the teenagers. They're, they're not going to be like bothered about these things really. They'll feel bad, but I feel mm. like that's the kind of thing that happens at these summer camps, isn't it? You end up having like little girlfriends and boyfriends whilst you go away on holiday. But Judy, piece of work, can't stand her. Oh no. Also, why'd she wear a t shirt with a name on it? Does not everybody know her name by that point when they're playing volleyball? It's just to make sure you don't mix her up with um, Meg. Meg. I think they are Meg, both very similar. Yeah, and they end up and and for some reason Meg, even though she's a counselor, seems to have like teamed up with Judy in bullying Angela. Which terrible choice of counselor. How did she pass the interview? Um to the point where she literally physically at, at one point shakes Angela because Angela refuses to talk to her. Uh and, and then throws her in the water. And then throws in a roll, but uh, that Ronnie ends up coming in and checking on Angela before it gets to the, the part where they throw her in the water. Um, it is on Judy telling her that Paul called her a prude that they end up picking on her so horribly that they end up lobbing her into the, the lake. But Ricky is not around to protect her this time because Mel has gotten his his hands on him. Yeah, He's I know shaking it was him aggressively. <laughs> I know it was you. Rick, poor Ricky's like, I have no idea you. what you're on about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're on about. And he's trying to get to poor Angela. And uh, this is the thing. If Angela didn't know how to swim, for example, and they literally met and Meg threw her in the water. No, this it, killing it was counselors killing the kids now. There's how's this place not been shut down before? These people obviously mm. don't know how to be to look after large groups of children and not get annoyed by them. Because let's be honest, uh, there's always going to be a couple of kids that annoy you when you're working in these kinds of environments because you, you you have to look after them for weeks. So, But yeah. that's um, not from my own experience. Let's talk about your previous question about Meg and how she passed the test and stuff. Because in the next scene, she's all like, I am Mel, I'm free tonight. You want to yeah. go and have dinner? They kind of had like alluded at it in a couple of scenes. Like I think at the original social, she'd kind of just been like, "Hey Mel," like across the room, and he kind of like glanced at her. And then she just again, she what what what? So these kids are like thirteen, fourteen. She must be what seventeen, barely eighteen. She can't be anything older than seventeen, I don't think. And Mel's probably close to his sixties at this point someone call the police 
911 right now. <laughs> what is going on at this at this camp? We've got a dodgy cook. Got the the other cooks that won't say anything. The owners are oh no. But uh yeah, she's getting all excited cuz she's got a nice she's got a nice dinner date with uh with Mr. Mel. But it doesn't quite go to Mr. plan because Mel. Mr. Mel, um, it doesn't quite go to plan because even though she needs to go get a shower, obviously the other girls in the cabin do not like her because they don't give her a chance to get into the shower in their cabin so that she goes next door um, and has a, 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 a... Again, I feel like the shower scene was a little bit longer than it needed to be till it actually got to the bit where she died. Why, why did I have to listen to her humming out of tune? What was yeah, that I mean, about? usually in those type of films as well, you've got to commend because usually in these type of films, you definitely would have seen a nipple. Oh, yeah. I yeah. don't think there's any but nudity I... or anything in this one. Well, yeah, in that respect, there's no nudity. Um, again, that could be another sign of the age, especially of the actors that are playing these characters. Possibly, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, I, do you know what? I never even noticed that. I did not even notice that. I think this is one like like I was saying again. We the age just of the used people, to seeing it from the eighty slashes because these people are usually either like I said before the counselors or they're being played by extremely older like the characters are older, the like teenagers, eighteen, mm-hmm. nineteen year olds. We have literal children in this one, which is you know fair enough. Um, but yeah, she gets a nice little knife stabbing in the back. Stabbing her back. I mean, that's great. I don't know what she stabbed her through. Was it through the curtain? So I wasn't weird. sure. Was I thought I thought it was like canvas, like a like a sturdier, like not quite the shower curtain, okay. but something a bit sturdier. But um, mm. on watching other stuff, people described it as aluminium, like aluminium, depending on if you're American. Um, so I think it's supposed to be like really thin metal to an extent. I think that's mm. the, the the bit about it. But wow, that knife, real sharp, get through. Yeah. The the whatever that was, and also I'm guessing her back, like all the and stuff you've got in there. And it's gotta be quite lucky to actually get her there as well. Like, what if she wasn't against that wall? You see a knife just popping through, going, "Are you?" It's like loads of pinholes where you've just like stabbed <laughs> loads of times while she's moved. That's very much a scary movie kind of scene, I imagine, on that sort of thing of like. <laughs> um, but yeah, she. <laughs> I think they're slightly jumping ahead a little bit, but when she gets found, is really funny because I just think again the 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 logistics of it is just like she's she's died, yet she's been stood upright, facing outwards the whole time until Mel just happens to walk in. Uh, then she falls out. Mm. But this is the night where everything starts going down. This is the this is the boiling point. This is you know. Everything, everything starts going Paul down. Paul triggered it all. Paul triggered it all exactly, and this is this is the thing. It's we we had especially when um, Angela had been thrown in the water. We had um, Ricky. Um, we've we've because I feel like we've talked about this because we know the end, but in reality, the the whole thing's set up so um, we think Ricky's doing all of this to uh, to the 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 fact that the knife is also the knife. I believe they take off Mozart in the. Uh, in his cabin, because um, mm. he tra- he threatens to kill Ricky at one point as well because he's just sick of the bullying, which is fair enough, um, but not enough to get a knife out on someone. Who lets a child take a knife to a camp? you got to do carving and stuff, don't you? Wood carving. Don't bring your own knife. 
They'll sort, it, they'll sort you out for that. You don't take your own knife. When you do food tech at school, you don't take your own cutlery. You don't. Except that for the Jamie parts. Oliver did. Oh. Just shut up about Jamie <laughs> just Oliver. Just bring this old, just like, open it up. It's just like proper like professional <laughs> set in food tech. Um, but yeah, so Ricky had immortally said that, you know, we'll get we're going to get them back because they're going to they're going to pay for this so we've already had meg who threw her in the water um killed off mm-hmm. um we also have this like side tangent where um i believe there's another counselor called ed or eddie um he's been told he has to take his cabin um of the younger the younger boys out to have a lakeside cat like camp mm-hmm. Why these poor kids don't get to get involved in the social, I have no idea. But for some reason, they have to go and sleep out on the cold shore for the evening. Um, to which he does with very, you know, he doesn't really want to do it. Um, and then um, a couple of the kids are uh, cold, understandably, um, and asked to go back to the, uh, the main camp. And he stupidly leaves the other children there asleep alone on the shoreline. Now, we all know kids like to wander and things like that. Why would you not even think, what about if they wander into the lake and drown? But no, <laughs> they, they all stay asleep forever um, because he comes back to find out that someone has come and hacked them to pieces in this, their little sleeping bags um, on mm. the shoreline as well. Um, and I didn't quite understand the concept of it until, again, like I've been watching clips afterwards. I think... They're, they're the kids that threw sand at Angela when she got thrown in the water, so they are te- they are part of that scene. Because I didn't understand mm. why these just these random why these, yeah. children had been killed, but it made sense when I kind of looked back on it and I was like, okay, they kind of just wanted to get as many kills in as possible, and they were like, hey, cool, we'll just stab up these sleeping bags yeah. for a bit. <laughs> but let's get to it. The best death of all. You're gonna like... say Judy's. Pardon. You gonna say Judy? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judy's. Yeah, I was gonna say Ju- Judy's was my my fave. Like, just she's just there, curling her hair, and then you kind of see a shot of the killer, like in the door. You kind of see more this time, like you see a flash of the face and stuff. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. And then um, the killer comes up to the um the bed one swing punch knocked out and you're like what's going on now and she just starts to seem to be like don't know what was going on she just seemed to be really enjoying herself at some point and then obviously you see the curling iron and then obviously they're using the curling iron again to... uh, this is uh, one of those scenes where less is more it's very much a you don't see anything actually get put to skin except from a pillow over the mouth but the shadows and the noise that come out of that can only really make you believe like lead to one decision like what's happened <laughs> yeah because that would hurt obviously if the curl down was just recently on so i don't well, know why she was enjoying it... it to begin with but i don't think she was but she she'd been knocked she was out moaning a little bit yeah, because she'd been knocked out. So that's why, she, yeah, that's what I took it as. Okay. I maybe have took I... it the other way because you saw her kind of like 
and smiling a little bit so I kind of have a bit more pleasurable experience but then it's like but then I said the pillow comes and you kind of just see the shadows of the arm just going uh, and then down and again like I said you don't really see any bad like blood or anything I don't think you even see a body afterwards I uh, think you see your feet and, like underneath the yeah, bed don't they that's when about they it. Pull it out when they pull it out and then put the put the bed back over them and then somebody goes into the camera and go oh no she's dead so you actually don't even see most of the bodies and like when they find um thingy's body meg's body like you just see the back of her and her head just like that and just a massive hole no blood no like it's literally just all dry so there's not a lot of blood in the film no i think obviously you think for the genre yeah and i think maybe that again I, it was it was a nice sort of I didn't again one of those things I didn't really think about until you said it but it could be to do with the age range of some of the people involved in it um obviously there's there's a a, a more gruesome bloodier scene later on after after that um which you know because if it didn't have blood involved with it you'd be like I don't understand how this is this this scene works if there is no blood but um yeah, I think it's a it's a good use. Again, Halloween's one of those those ones in the seventies that there's like what one scene that has blood in it, in, and and even then it's not a it's not. We just we we're too used to the gore these days now. We're too used to it. Desensitized. I think probably the most time you see blood is. Let's talk about the owner of this camp. Basically, thinks Ricky is the killer, grabs him and just starts beating him up on the floor, just punching him like punching Being his a little child. boy. Because took away, his, took away his bag, took away his in his eyes, because <laughs> he's he's like convinced, isn't he, at this point that Ricky's done it? Um, yeah, so he's when just there he, looking if, at the body for ages, going, <laughs> "I'm gonna get him, gonna get him," and then yeah. he gets him. But obviously, subsequent things happen, which makes us think, "Oh, well, if Ricky's dead, which we think at this point, who's doing all this?" Mm-hmm. who's doing obviously, it because obviously mel runs around uh, and then gets because then he sees somebody he's like no it can't be you and then gets an arrow straight through the throat it's <laughs> great yeah yeah i didn't expect um, that kill to be fair i didn't expect an arrow kill to be, it makes sense because obviously you archery. have archery at these places yeah. things but you know again a great kill you can't say there's not one boring kill I don't think in these so kinds all of very innovative. Mm. Like they're not just boring. Like I'm just going to stab you 50 times in the chest or whatever, or I'm going to do anything like that. So that was great. Um, but then Frank is called and served the counselors for the missing campers. And then Paul is on the beach with Angela. So where was Paul during all this as well? Because it's like, if he's with Angela this whole time, God knows. So they, him and Angela had been at the social because they were meeting up at the beach after the social. That's what she had said to him. Because he just wouldn't leave mm-hmm. her alone. He wanted to apologise. So she was like, Fair right, enough. fine. Meet me at the beach. So they meet at the beach and they say, oh, let's go skinny dipping um, in the lake. And that's where it leaves it. And then finally, Frank... Uh, discovers Ricky's body and they're like, oh no, he's dead. But obviously, he starts breathing again, so Ricky's alive. Do you mean? Um, oh, I was my. I was going to say, do you mean Ronnie? Is it not Ronnie? Is his his character's called Frank? Is that actor's called Frank? Is he not? 
I have no idea. I'm just reading it from Wikipedia. It says Frank. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't he, matter. Is the the head. Frank? I don't know. The head. Yeah. The head. The head guy. But the, uh, sorry, we, there's a character we've not spoken about, even though they're in it very, very shortly. Um, another it's Frank the that... cop. Oh, Frank the cop. Oh yes, of course. Um, fake mustache man. <laughs> fake mustache yeah. man. Well, um, no, one character I haven't talked about. Susie, the other camp counselor that works in the girls really section. Nice one. She's so sweet. She's the only one that actually tries to be nice to to Angela when all the girls. She, yeah, like, but he gives Judy what she needs is a slap across the face, and, and then she proper regrets it. Why do I do it? I know she proper regrets it afterwards. Meg would never regret it. If Reg did that, she wouldn't regret <laughs> it. But Susie, Susie's a real one. Her and uh, her and the uh, counselor uh, Ronnie, they end up uh, doing their own search as well for the rest of the camp. The camp. The camp missing people because at, at the moment they had like a, a list of people who were missing um and then it obviously it's not looking good because they're all just turning up either beaten <laughs> or dead mm. um but uh they end up finding their way to the beach after uh like yeah. you say frank the cop finds ricky alive thankfully because we thought he'd been beaten to a pulp but he hadn't and then ronnie and susie are like oh we can hear some noise coming from the beach I don't know how you felt about this. Like, obviously, you could just hear the humming, and you can just see um, what obviously seems to be Angela just there, like humming the back of her and just stroking Paul, like obviously just there, just stroking his head um, as it lays on her, and it's just like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Well, is it nice? <laughs> Did you expect? obviously the decapitation so no so i didn't and i, I like that this is the scene i was talking about where blood's kind of expected because it is quite a, 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 gr a gruesome scene obviously nobody really wants to come across a 13 year old child holding the decapitated head of another possibly 13 or 14 year old child um but the um the the, the, I, I think because the scene had him and he was so peaceful and enjoying himself, like lying down, and then all of a sudden, just head rolls off. I just thought he was going to be dead. I just thought he was going to have maybe stab, something like that. She, I knew he wasn't going to be, he wasn't going to survive because he'd wronged her. He'd wronged her. He hadn't done. He hadn't treated her right. Wronged but her. he wronged her. Um, and then we, obviously we get to that very. You know, if if anyone talks about, like you say, these these uh, films with a crazy ending, Sleepaway Camp is probably one of the top ones of uh, a trick ending. How did you feel yeah. about it, seeing it in in actual context of the film? Yeah, because like I said, we we all knew the ending, so it it does the flashback to Aunt Martha welcoming the survivor off the boat into the home, and obviously it we all know it's supposed to be angela but then like they've got covering it up obviously the hair with the bandage and stuff and just as crazy as this woman is she's basically like no i've already got i've already got a boy so you know i'm, I'm gonna have a girl it's good to have a girl and it's like so you're gonna be now known as a girl peter and then he just goes <laughs> just looks up. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's what he does he just goes <laughs> and he's just there wide-eyed i'm like all right fair enough and then, yeah, like I said, it's uh, revealed that, obviously, it was Peter all along has obviously been living as a girl. 
Angela, obviously his sister, is the one that died. And he's the one that survived and has basically been living as a girl for the past eight years under Angela's name. And we then go back to the beach. And then, I mean, you got to give it, it's 1983, so, you know, fair enough. But do some kind of animatronics or something with the face because she's just there the whole time. Like, Well, it's it's a mask, isn't it? Because... Obviously, it, it's 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 a dob. It's a bud. A, can I get the right letters on the right words? Mm-hmm. It is a body double of yeah. of of a male. Um, again, probably someone of age because <laughs> it is full frontal no- nudity at this, this part. Um, yes, you do see the penis. It's you do. Um, and it's Angela. It's Angela's face, like you say, in this like a- horrific. I don't. I think. I almost feel like I would have been able to cope with the face a bit better if it had been like a scream, but it wasn't. It was like this weird guttural, like heavy breathing. Like it was horrible. But um, yeah, so just stood there in a in a. Because it's just moving back as well, so it's moving, but the face is staying the same. <laughs> You're just like, all right. <laughs> um. And then so just... yeah, it just just it just ends. It goes, but it takes us into an absolute bop that is. Angela's theme, the like the song that goes out with. Um, I'm pretty sure it's called something along the lines of "You're just what I've been looking for." Um, I can't find that song anywhere. I've tried adding it to my Apple Music. Nah, doesn't exist nowhere. You can only find it on YouTube. Disgusting. But um, great bop, you know. Um, and then it goes to that like really weird like green night vision esque just freeze frame of that really horrible face and i just yeah i really liked it i i, I ended up sitting there and i was like that was a good most would have enjoyed it more if i knew the ending i feel like i would have enjoyed it a lot more if i had not known the ending but i still really enjoyed it yeah like you said because we knew the ending you still don't know how they were going to do it as well because like you said you were thinking is this how they're going to do it is that how they're going to do it but obviously for people that have watched it for the first time especially in 1983 there's nothing really like that i mean you obviously i mean i'm gonna spoil a film here but it came out in 1960 so you know it's your own fault if you haven't seen alfred hitchcock psycho but obviously everyone thinks it's the mother but it's norman bates as a split personality dressing dressing obviously as mother so there hasn't really been a lot of films like that i mean there's there's another film later on in the 90s early 2000s which follows the psycho trope as well called cherry falls um but this didn't even think that yeah yeah but this one it's like obviously it's a whole gender it's a gender swap really like it's not dressing up as somebody it isn't that's who they are and i think just the complete shock factor of the full frontal and stuff as well which is obviously why it's so iconic as well because you're just like holy shit has that just actually happened um so maybe that's why there wasn't a lot of blood because of obviously the full frontal scene probably due to we were being released in 1983 obviously they would have had probably um codes of conduct and obviously what's the word i'm looking for now you're right you're right Um, it's like your ratings the rate the gd yeah yeah you have you have to have a certain amount of f bombs or something like that, or a certain amount of blood to actually get an eighteen or an R rated. So obviously they probably had to take loads out to obviously keep that scene in there because of how powerful that final scene is. Yeah. And and like I said, it is one of those films that will always go down 
as one of the best twists in a film because nobody was expecting it to be like that. Everyone was thinking, oh, it's definitely going to be Angela, isn't it? Like, is it, Angela is the killer. Like, uh, halfway through the film, you're thinking, oh, it's got to be Angela. That's why, obviously, we've been following the whole film and introverted and the way she is. She's obviously going to be the killer. That's going to be the big twist. Everyone thinks it's Ricky, but it's Angela. But then you have all of this, obviously, leading back to the backstory and stuff. So, yeah, that was Sleepaway Camp. So pleasantly surprised like you said so pumpkin wise let's go for it out of five out of five um i feel like i always give my review first and then yours yours is always like a lot different to mine so you give yours first i'll give it a four it's a solid film like i was I said, gonna say it's not one of the best films uh there was bits obviously like i said some of the acting was a bit uh but it's a very camp obviously no ploy in the word there obviously camp is in <laughs> Obviously, some of the the bits like the character of the ant and stuff was a bit crazy, and some of the, the choice of words and obviously, but it, it's a it's a low budget film. I think it only had a budget of like eleven thousand dollars or something like that. Eleven million, sorry, is it eleven million? No, it, it made it didn't it make eleven oh, million? 350,000 budget. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So obviously, it was quite a low a low budget movie, and like I said, with proper actors playing the age of them as well. Like you said, they are quite young actors as well so um yeah i think it, it, as well we have to remember this is a, a a breakout role for quite a lot of these 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 young actors and actresses and obviously you were saying before about felicia rose having quite a a, a well fleshed out repertoire of work it, it set a lot of these people up for a lifetime of the industry what are, and this is the thing i have this this one of my favorite things to like look into is that usually if you're a big actor or like someone especially in the, like the 90s that was like relatively like unknown you're usually made in horror films you end up being like mm -hmm. a breakout star in horror films like jennifer aniston in like uh in leprechaun leprechaun um, johnny depp Johnny Depp again, yeah, and th these are these are people that like don't necessarily get. I mean, Johnny Depp's a little bit different because he's done a, a quite a wide range. But Jennifer Aniston, like, you would never think in this day and age, like, oh yeah, Jennifer Aniston for a horror film. It, it just it doesn't happen. Renee Zellweger in the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, um, it, you just don't think of it. Matthew McConaughey, Patricia Arquette, yeah, yeah. See these things that are like I think. Uh, it's just it's just crazy and i th i think it's nice to to it, horror is usually so low budget compared to like other genres of film it, it you end up getting like i've just said like the unknowns and end up getting good careers for the most part some people just end up sticking to like the one or two films they do as a as they start out in horror and that's about it but um but yeah i just find that i find that very interesting but i agree four four pumpkins from me as well for this one Four pumpkins for sleep away camp. So that is, is that it. Go on. I was, was going to say, does that make that our highest one now? Or no, I'm pretty sure you had a five star one, didn't you? For some. Yeah, but if it's I think both, we both had five, together. and I had a four point four point five. All right. I can't what film then. it was. So that that would be like a four point five. I'm pretty sure. Um, what film was it? Happy Death Day. Was it going to be Happy Death Day? Was it? No. 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 Um, I don't think it was Candyman, but I think you gave Candyman a five. I gave Candyman a five, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Was it Descent? Possibly. Anyway, besides the point. 
Well, but we'll what's going to be the next film? Because it's your choice. It's my Tell choice. Tell us what it's going to be. So we're sticking. We're sticking with the with the the like classics, um, mm. and we're going to go with um, fan, phantas, phantasm, phantasm, phantasm. Because I have to, I had to double check. I was saying it right because I get always get mixed up between that and uh, phenom, phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon with with the uh, the lady from labyrinth in it I forget what she's Jennifer called Connelly. that's the one and i get is confused. it not phenomena I... the Phenom... is it phenomena? phenomena are we talking phenomena. about the davio argento film phenomena. that's the one yeah yeah that's it phenomena yeah. but i get confused but anyway phantasm phantasm's <laughs> gonna be the next one phantasm's got that weird guy in the front like yeah the tall, the tall man the tall think... man yeah yeah again i know nothing on this one absolutely nothing except from that character and that's it so this yeah, there's something to do watch. with a box, I'm pretty sure, or a cube or something, God knows. But um, obviously, Phantasm, I can't remember. Like, We'll have more information, obviously, when we watch it, <laughs> but I think there's four of them. Uh, and they are available on Shudder, so anybody that has Shudder and you want to watch along with us, um, watch it, and then we'll bring you the next episode in November. And let's see if we enjoy it, because none of us have seen it, so let's see what happens. But in the meantime... Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bloody Brilliant Podcast for all the information about all of our episodes. You can follow us on YouTube, on Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or anywhere where you find your podcast. Really, make sure to press that follow button, subscribe, and you listen to all the other episodes. And if you decided that you want to watch one of the films and you didn't at the time, go back and listen to Candyman or The Descent or Happy Death Day because they're all on there, all of our reviews. So. Go and listen to it, but that has been Sleepaway Camp. Emma, sign us off with something great. Eat shit and live.